Hi besties. Oh baby, we're back again. I didn't even mean to do that. I don't really know what that was actually. But anyways, hi guys. Welcome back to another episode of Miss Congeniality. If you know me, you know me. If you don't, well, buckle the fuck up, babies. It's time to get into it. So we have a guest this week. We're doing a guest episode. I'm really, really excited about this guest. I think you guys are really going to love her. And the thing that was so great about it is that like I was learning so much from her while I was interviewing her, which was so exciting for me. I was like, wow, this person is really, really smart. And I literally can't even fathom being as smart as she is basically she is the head of community at geneva which is a tech-based company but it's for like creating community and creating group chats so imagine if like group me and facebook groups and instagram dm were all in one and it's a really great place to have community engagement and i'm actually going to start one for all of us so i know that we have our facebook group but this is just going to be a much easier way for us to talk ask for advice things like that all day long if you're curious about the app you can look into it but the thing that i love so much about kim is that she works worked at Glossier for eight years. She was actually the head of community there as well and she carved out her own role and basically created what community means to Glossier. But before that she was at what was called Into the Gloss which was the editorial um like based company that preceded Glossier she went to Barnard she's just really smart she has a lot of good insights on the workforce and careers and building community she's also just really fun and funny and and wonderful so I think you guys you guys are going to absolutely love the episode with Kim today. She's very wise and I'm very always grateful to learn from someone like her. But lest we forget that we always start every episode with updates, so we're going to do updates because, because why not? Because that's what dreams are made of because that's what today is for. Listen, I had a slow week. I mean, I was still doing all my work that I normally do. I just didn't feel that inspired this week. I think I'm grappling with a little burnout, but I have no choice but to keep pushing forward. I think I started to um, talk to my therapist about this, but it was really good advice. So I want to pass it along to you guys. I was telling her, you know, like whenever I read hate comments about myself, there's like this voice that says that I should quit or I should change what I'm doing. And then I'll always say to my therapist, I'm like, there's this voice that's telling me I should quit. I should change what I'm doing, but I love what I do. So I'm not going to change it. And she's like, well, what if you just gave that voice airtime? Because at the end of the day, each voice in your head telling you to do something different when you're faced with something big, they all have good intentions. And I was like, well, what is the good intention of the voice telling me to quit? And she was like, that voice is just trying to protect you. So even if it's not the right option, you have to give it airtime and write it all out. And if you write all that voice's ideas out and then you write out all the ideas of the voice that you want to choose, which is saying, you know, you need to stay doing this because you love it and it's your dream and like you have to hush the haters, you give the negative critical voice airtime. And if you don't do that, then it's going to keep talking. And it really helped. So I did this journal entry where I wrote out all the thoughts of my negative critical voice and all the thoughts of like my positive voice. And it really helped me to realize that I do want to stay doing this and I do love this and this does matter to me despite hate commenters or anything else so that was a really really good tip and if you're struggling with something I recommend letting your critical voice speak getting it all out on the page and then realizing that your non-critical voice has your best interest at heart but I thought it was really great advice it was a good session yesterday I hadn't seen her in two weeks and I was like boy do I need you anyway I also moved into my actually that's a lie I didn't move into my office yet I fully went there I got the key I saw it definitely needs a sweep it definitely needs a couple different things for sprucing up I think I'm just gonna decorate it and then I'm gonna get into writing I think I'm gonna do a TikTok series like come write with me um each week because I'm trying to get the book done in 15 weeks so I have nine weeks to edit listen I'm an editor I'm not a Hemingway apologist frankly fuck Ernest Hemingway however he did say that time is the best editor and I do 
honestly believe that I want to be able to step away from this book for two weeks go on a trip somewhere by myself and relax and then come back into it and be like okay now I'm ready to now I'm ready to like really look at this and write some more I'm trying to be more social also lately because I think it helps me to feel inspired strangely enough so I did end up seeing one of my best friends Macy and visiting her apartment for the first time it was so nice to just talk with her like she's one of my best friends one of the coolest people I know I've told you guys about her because I'm always like she's married and I love to take her out and get her drunk and then bring her back to her lovely adoring husband she's just the fucking best and so that was really wonderful to like I don't know just to like be with her and like talk do you know what I mean Sometimes there's so much to be said about not doing anything with your friends, but sitting and talking and staring at them and being like, wow, I feel really refreshed. So that was really nice. I also met up with an old friend from college who I hadn't seen in a while, which was such a good friendship to like reignite. I also met Ellie Schnitt in person for the first time. Like how the fuck did that not already happen? She's an icon. I love her. If you don't know her, go look her up on Twitter. What else did I do? What else? What else? Oh, so last night we go to the Steve Madden event. I haven't been going to a lot of events lately because I haven't been feeling very social, but Hallie was going, Carly was going, and Jazz was going, and if you don't know already, those are like my big three of content creators in New York. I just fucking love them, and so I went with them, and I also went with Ellie and my friend from college, Ari, and it was just so fun. Like, it was such a good night. Like, so many people were there that I haven't seen in so long. Like, Sidoni was there, and like, it was just great, and then, oh, Kenny Urich was there. I hadn't seen her in a hot minute. And then they were piercing ears and for some reason I was like I'll get my ear pierced which is like something that I would never do I don't know why I did it but like it was fine so now I have my right ear pierced a second piercing I'm trying to figure out how to clean it because all the internet says is like a bunch of contradictory things so I bought saline and then I bought something online that's specifically for ear piercing holes my biggest issue here is that my mom really like never wanted me to do a second piercing and then I mean I don't really know how she feels about it now and my thing is like if she hates it so much that she like literally can't physically bear to like be in the same room as me which would be strange I can just take it out but it was funny it was for the bit overall it looks good I like it it's cute you know like she's gonna see me in person tomorrow we'll see how that goes um I'm going home tomorrow to do my cousin's makeup for prom and I'm very excited I think I talked about that last week maybe I did maybe I didn't but you'll see it all over TikTok um and I'm trying to think of what else oh my every jewels collab samples came in today and I fucking love the ring guys the ring is genuinely so cute and the tote bags are amazing and I think we're doing a necklace but I don't have the sample of the necklace so I need to ask them about that but overall I'm really excited about it all it's amazing it looks so so good and I kind of want to do a more long-form episode on this so I'm not going to give it a bunch of airtime for the updates but I have been feeling like very averse to alcohol lately which is strange because I love drinking like I love social drinking I love drinking in college um I've never been the person that like didn't like to drink um even when I was like suffering from eating problems I never like alcohol calories were never something I cut out it was always like food that I villainized like I've always been fine with drinking I've always been like really healthy about how I drink too I feel like um but lately if I have like two or three drinks like I just don't like the feeling of being drunk like I don't know what it is like and I don't want to not like the feeling is like the thing that I'm grappling with the most like I want to go out and have fun with my friends and have a few drinks but like after two glasses of wine I'm like done like I don't want it anymore and this is something I've never dealt with before so I almost feel wrong for it but I know I have to go with my gut and like I have to like treat my body how it's asking me to treat it which is just that my cap is going to be two or three glasses of wine over the course of an entire evening or maybe just nothing 
Um, and I think that because society tells us that like social drinking is acceptable and cool and a normal thing to do when you feel like you don't want to do it, you're kind of confused. Like, I don't know why I don't like the feeling right now. I just don't. And I don't think it's forever thing. It's just like currently I don't like the feeling. I don't, I don't know guys. I would rather like, I like gummy bears. Like I would rather, I don't know. I'd rather just chill. And I started to get a lot of anxiety. We were going to go out the other night, um, with my boyfriend and his friends. And I just started to get a lot of anxiety about like going out and I ended up staying in and they all went out and I kind of felt lame at first, but then I was like, this is me honoring my life. Like I don't want to go out right now. I want to just like not. And like, I don't want to have more drinks because it makes me feel gross. And I don't want to drink. And like, if somebody else is like, I want to party every night, I want to have 17 drinks. I'm like, I mean, be healthy, be safe, be careful, but like, go for it. Do what you want to do. I'm not judging anybody. I never yuck anybody else's yum. I'm just not, I don't know why I'm just not into it lately. It's not serving me in the way that it used to. So anyway, that's like what I'm dealing with right now. I think my, I think Jenna was, Jenna Palick was talking about this and I spoke about it with her when I met her for the first time. Like there's definitely a world in which we shift what our view of fun looks like. I think that's what Jenna exactly said, actually. And I want to credit her for that. And I definitely feel like I'm going through that right now. So if you are too, like, let's talk about it. Maybe I'll do an episode on it. It's really normal if you want to come home like earlier, if you want to be sober, if you want to not go out at all. That's the era that I'm in in my life right now. And I'm accepting that fully. But we have a very packed and wonderful episode for you today. So I'm going to get on with it. Kim is literally as i tell you so incredible and so smart i think you guys are going to absolutely love her she tells you where you, she can be found at the end of the episode and she's an amazing resource if you want to reach out to her so without further ado i'm going to give the airspace to kim because i don't have anything better to say but i love you guys very much and i hope you have the absolute best week in the world kisses hugs sending you love hang in there have the best day you're capable of having today all right let's get into it Okay. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so excited that you're here. Guys, we have a wealth of knowledge here with us today. Like She really is so incredible. I'm reading her bio and I'm like, oh my God, we're going to have so much to talk about. I'm so excited to be Welcome. here. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. How's the, your New York time? Um, honestly, the weather is beautiful today. It is. And it was so nice yesterday, except for the fact that like at night I was like, going out to dinner and I like wore this little top and I was like it's so hot out I'm gonna rock it and it was like cold when I went outside and I was <laughs> yeah. like is everything okay yeah, with the weather to New York literally That's definitely the vibe so how long have you lived here like before we get into like your amazing career and all the advice you have to offer tell me about yourself like how yeah. long have you lived in New York what's your story where did you grow up yeah everything um okay so I grew up in like the DMV so like DC Maryland Virginia area amazing. Um, which is where all my family lives. My family is like fully, fully from that area. And then I came to New York 2011. Okay. Because um, I went to college here. I went to Barnard, which is like uptown. Yeah. And I've been here, I guess, ever since. So like 11 years. Okay. So it's kind of crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. It's weird. So what did you study at Barnard? Did you like it there? I went yeah. and got my master's at Columbia. And yeah. I think that Barnard is more beautiful than Columbia. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> right? <laughs> It's like also all girls. I'm like, it's I need vibe. that energy. There's it's no the men here. <laughs> Sign me up. I mean, I loved Barnard. I think it was, it's a very like particular experience mm-hmm. for college. You know, I feel like when you decide to go to a school like that, which is all girls, but like in New York City, you know, sister school to Columbia. So they're like across the street from each other. There's just a lot of like things that I think yeah. are really unique to it. Um, but I loved it. I studied English. Honestly, that I don't. I, it was fine. Like I, I studied it because I was like, 
I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. And so I liked to read. So I was like, I guess I'll just do this. Like, yeah. I literally remember scrolling through the, the departments majors. list and being like, no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> just only having English, like, like written down on my notepad. I'm, I'm like, cool, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, so it was cool. I, I enjoyed it. But I loved being in the city and, like, being able to, you know, just have that experience here yeah. as a student, I think, was really unique. Yeah. Sometimes I miss, I wish I kind of had like a regular college experience mm -hmm. where you're like in a college town, yeah. but I loved it. So backtracking a little bit, what was yeah. it like growing up in D.C.? I personally love D.C. very much. Like yeah. I love history, so I think I'm a bit of like a nerd when it comes to there. But I have like ex-boyfriends and like people <laughs> from college who I don't get along with who live there. So I'm like <laughs> nervous to go back, but I love it there. So I'm curious what your experience down. was like growing up there. Um, so I grew up in Maryland, like right outside of D.C. Okay. And I my family lives in D.C. and I went to high school in D.C. So that's where all my friends lived. Um, honestly, it was wonderful. It's like very... I mean, it's diverse. It's like you get the city, but also like normal, like suburby type of vibe. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. I had like a great experience growing up. I've always felt like, I don't think this is true anymore, but I've always felt like, oh, when I am like settled and married and have kids, I'm going to move back to DC. Totally. I don't know if that's really true anymore. Yeah. Like I just don't really see that happening. That's like a thought in your brain, but you're like, mm, maybe it's actually like, not what no. I like. Yeah. And I think it's one of those thoughts where it's like, in my mind, when I was like early 20s, I was like, oh, when I'm like married age with, and having kids, my life will be yeah. like set and, and like over yeah. in a sense, which is like so untrue. Just so untrue. And so I can't imagine like necessarily moving back anytime yeah. soon. But um, but I loved it. It was so, visit. so nice. And it's nice that it's kind of close by, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, so when you're in college and growing up, like what did you want to do? And like, does yeah. it align with what you do now? I had no idea what I wanted to do when Same. I was in college and growing up. And I I had this like aching fear when I was like in late high school, college, where I was like, I feel like I don't know what I don't know when it comes to work and like yeah. what I meant to do. And you know, when you have friends who are like photographers or like have their thing and you're like, why don't I have my thing? What is my thing? I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, and so I had this fear of like, you know, I'll never know what I'm supposed to be doing and like not knowing what jobs existed essentially. Yeah. Um, and so I, when I was in college, my first internship was actually, and we can talk about this, but my first internship was at Into the Gloss, which was like the editorial platform that Emily started before she started Glossier. Glossier. Yeah. Um, and I thought, I was like, oh, I'm an English major. I like to read. I guess I'll become a writer. Like yeah. that was literally my <laughs> that train was the of trajectory. Thought. Yeah. <laughs> I just had Classic. no idea. And so, you know, I became an editorial intern. I loved it. I loved the experience. I was like, I'm not a writer. I'm not, a, I don't want to be an editor for sure. Um, and so I just kind of like tried different things and kind of, I mean, I was able to be in a space when I was at Into the Gloss and eventually Glossier where I was like able to kind of dip my toe into a bunch of areas. And yeah. that was just doing is like the best way to actually learn what you do and don't like. And I yes. feel like people tell you all the time and you don't really realize it until after, but not knowing that something is for knowing that something is not for you is like even better than knowing that something Absolutely. is. Absolutely. That's know? like the best part of internships when it confirms that you don't want to do it. A thousand percent. And you're like, okay, cool. Like I don't, you know, I did an internship at Refinery29 as well, where yeah. I was like, um, just like, 
totally writing stories. Like that was the entire internship, which is an amazing experience for like a young person who doesn't have a, you know, background in that because I had all this writing experience. But I was like, I hate this. Yeah, <laughs> you were like, this is not for me. I was like, I don't, I don't want to write these stories. I don't, yeah. don't want to <laughs> do it. Um, but you learn, you yeah. know, and I was able to like figure out and you take the pieces of like, okay, I liked this piece of things and yeah. I didn't like this. And it kind of like helped me kind of navigate where I wanted to ultimately be. Absolutely. And it can be so scary, I think, to admit to yourself that you don't like an internship Mm -hmm. because you feel like, well, this is such a wonderful experience and such a great opportunity, but I don't think it takes away from the fact that it was a great opportunity if you didn't like it. Totally, totally, totally. I mean, it's kind of, I could talk about this forever, but I I feel like work is like relationships, you know? Like every, for the most part, sometimes you're going to have just like really shitty experiences and that's going to be what it is. But like, for the most part, even if something doesn't work out, you're going to get, you're going to learn about yourself. You're going to learn about kind of how you operate in a workspace or in a relationship. Um, and you kind of figure it out as you go. And then eventually totally. you'll kind of like find your way and figure out what what makes sense for you. Absolutely. So I want to talk about your work experience. Can you take us through like your internships to like your first jobs to like yeah. now? And then we'll get into the nitty gritty, but just to yeah. give everybody a little bit of like an overview. Yeah. Okay. So the TLDR, I guess, of my Work experience is, as I mentioned, I started interning at Into the Gloss when I was a sophomore in college. My first internship, I just loved the site. This was like 2013 when blogs were like it, you know? Yeah. Um, Started there, loved it, then went back to D.C. for a summer and worked at Refinery29. At the time, Refinery had like these city sites where they like had a Refinery29 Chicago, New York, D.C. I don't think they have that anymore. Yeah. Um, And so I was working for the D.C. editor and writing all the time. Great experience. Knew I didn't want to be a writer. Um, And then I went abroad and then I came back to New York and went back to Into the Gloss um, right before my senior year. Um, And I enjoyed it a lot. And that's when they started building Glossier. And so I stayed there basically for like my entire senior year, graduated. I actually started full time doing ad sales. Oh, wow. Wild. um, Because I thought I wanted to do marketing. And I was like, I don't know, ads seem like marketing is not the same. (laughs) Um, I just didn't know. So I did that for a while. I had like an amazing boss. But I was like, again, this isn't my thing. This isn't for me. I'm not like a salesperson. Yeah. Um, And then kind of poked around, did a bunch of things. And then eventually in like 2015, we realized that we talked about community a lot. This was like a couple of months after the brand launched, yeah. but we didn't have anyone like actually doing it or like yeah. building it. So I started doing community at Glossier a couple months after it launched. And I did that, created our rep program, our community Slack, our events, all of that fun stuff for I guess five years until I left in September, 2020. Okay, And then I switched gears completely, well, kind of, and I went into tech and I started working at Geneva, which okay. is a messaging app for communities. Amazing. So I lead community there, which is very fun. Okay, so a couple questions. Yeah. Firstly, what was the experience like at Glossier getting getting to develop your own role? Like, was that daunting? Yeah. Like, how did you do it? What did that mean for you? Like, what kind of stuff were you doing? Like, just give me the whole rundown of like what that was like. Yeah, I don't think I even conceptualized it as yeah. like creating my own role at the time, but it fully was that. Yeah. Um, it was super fun, honestly. Like everything, and especially because at this time, this was 2015 and there weren't a lot of brands who were doing community in, in the way that we were trying to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everything just felt like, 
new in a sense. Um, There wasn't a real kind of like playbook for what we were trying. Um, And a lot of stuff was just like, let's test it out. And then it ended up working. So like I hosted our first event in November 2015. And it was an amazing event. We had just like top customers in New York come and test the new bomb.com flavors. It was like at the time when there were no flavors. It was just one original and that we were testing like new flavors for the first time. And we had pizza and it was such a good event. And, you know, girls were coming up to me and being like, I met my best friend at this, like super fun. And then after that, everyone wanted to stay connected and they were like, how can we stay connected with each other? And I was like, oh, I need to like figure out a way to get these girls connected. So I started our community Slack after that in in response to just like everyone wanting, you know, to be chatting with each other. Yeah. Um, And that kind of took on a life of its own and grew to thousands of people. Um, And similarly for our rep program, it was like, we were like, we know people create a lot of content about the brand. We know people love to tell about, tell their friends about it. Why don't we just like create a program where they can like get, you know, make a commission when they do that. Yeah. Um, But all of it was new, you know, at the time when we were creating the rep program, people were like, oh, so it's like a digital Avon. (laughs) There wasn't a reference point for programs like that at the time. and so that was daunting because, you know, you're doing new stuff. And I was so young that I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah. But you look back on it and it's like that. those are the kinds of experiences where you get to make really fun shit. Absolutely. And like, were you working with like the OG Instagram influencers of the time? <laughs> like these people must have been like, ju- it's just Instagram, right? Like maybe yeah. Tumblr? Yeah. Yeah, it was literally just Instagram. Instagram and YouTube. Yeah. Um, but even when we were doing the like those programs and those events, I think the thing that was really different about it for people was that we were working with with influencers for sure, but we were also working with a lot of just like our normal people customers. Like we had in the same program we had YouTubers who were like, you know, had five hundred K subscribers. And we had girls who had like a thousand followers on Instagram and were like, I just love the brand and I love being the girl in my friend group who knows about it. Yeah. Um, and I think that was really the thing that made it feel quite different because at the time, community was really lumped in with influencer or yeah. with social. And so I didn't really do either of those things. I did a little bit of both. Yeah. But um, it really was just like, how do we create fun experiences? for our people, for the people yeah. who love the brand, no matter how you know, who they massive are. they are, who they are. So was it interesting to reflect on it? And like, I mean, I'm gonna say this for you, I'm not sure if you say this yourself, like, I feel like you kind of made Glossier what it is because like, I think that those things were the reason, like the community of it is the reason that I even discovered it. Like, I wanted to go to the store and try the products. And like, yeah. I remember buying them online because I had seen them online. I had seen people just like, and what you're just saying, I'd seen friends of mine, acquaintances of mine, and then mega influencers raving about things that yeah. you guys created, like the eyeshadow, the cream eyeshadow, whatever it was. Did you ever reflect on it and be like, I'm blowing this up right now? I mean, you know what it is? I I definitely don't feel like I made it what it is in the sense that I think that, that the brand had this really great fortune of like having the editorial like into the gloss in advance. So yeah. Emily like created the brand out of what people who are like the comment section of into the gloss was so insane at that yeah. period of time. 
Um, people knew each other in the comments, all of this stuff. It was such yeah. a community. And so she created the brand out of that. And so it wasn't just that, like, you know, building community programs was why the brand was successful. It was like the through line of the feeling that it's like really for real yeah. people was in everything. Yeah. I got to do it in a like really tangible sense, but it was like in the creative approach, it was in the like customer service approach, it was in everything that, you know, so many people touched. Um, and I just, I feel really lucky because, you know, I do think that I look back on it and I'm like, wow, what a unique experience yeah. to have been able to be there for that and see it from like day zero. Like Absolutely. I was there when it was three people. Um, so that I feel really, really grateful for. Yeah. So backtracking a little again, you hopped around a lot before you like yeah. realized that your passion was community. Your passion was like yeah. like building these communities. And it's kind of an interesting thing to like discover as your passion. Yeah. Did you ever feel like what were your feelings at the time when you're like jumping from thing to thing trying to figure it out? And like, did you feel like oh, I'm supposed to be here immediately when you started working in community or was it like a weird thing? Oh my God, no. I was so overwhelmed at that yeah. period of time. Like I, especially, so to get back into the, like the phase of graduating and then starting full time, yeah. when I started full time doing ad sales, I, about three months after I started, they were like, oh, we're going to get rid of ads for Into the Gloss. And just to give everyone context for what ad sales is, it's essentially like when you have a website and you are working with, you know, we were working with like Chanel, Burberry, Sephora, and they're doing like ad banners on yeah. the site or like sponsored content, that kind of stuff. So I was doing that for Into the Gloss, not for Glossier, but it's all kind of one company. Um, and I, as I mentioned, wasn't for me, loved my boss. But then three months in, they were like, oh, we're going to get rid of ads because we're a brand now. Like, we don't need to be doing ads of other companies. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, but for me, I'm like, oh my God, I'm losing my job. I yeah, just graduated like, college. Yeah. <laughs> what are my parents going to say? So it was actually a super overwhelming time because that comp combined with the fact that I didn't really know what I wanted. Um, and so what I did, and I, you know, again, I feel super grateful to like Emily and the people who are there. I, I just got to like bop around and try, like shadow people yeah. across the company for like a month. Um, and then eventually we got to the point where I was like, you know, we were like, maybe it's community that, that I should do and try. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, I didn't necessarily have that like click moment until probably a year or so later. Yeah. Um, when I started, I was just, you know, I, in a way I was trying to catch up, like I was trying to make things happen mm -hmm. where there hadn't been anything really before for the company. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't until I really felt, and I think this is like one of the most amazing things about this work. It wasn't until I really started recognizing how much the community stuff that we were doing was like actually having an impact for people and that yeah. people really loved it and wanted to be a part of it that I was like, oh, this is, I love, like, this is this such is a yeah. thing for me. Um, so I think it was, it was that moment, but I, it definitely in the, at the time was extremely overwhelming. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, how am I going to make this happen? Like, I don't even know what this job means. Totally. That's a lot. Yeah. It's so much. What do you recommend for people that are kind of in a similar boat, like trying to figure it out or like find something they think they like and get overwhelmed. Like, how did you manage that time in your life? Yeah. And walk away successfully. I think a couple of things. I think first and foremost, I would 
really recommend for people, like go with the thing that you feel excited by over going with the thing that, you know, is quote unquote, like well known or, you know, like super respected. So when I started interning it into the gloss, like no one really knew what it was. And I was at Barnard and girls were like, it was like everyone wanted the Teen Vogue Vogue internship. That was like the internship that you tried to get when you were, um, you know, at that school at that time. And so I went with ITG because I just loved it. Like I loved the site and I wanted to be a part of it. And it ended up becoming something really incredible. Um, And I, I, it's a privilege to say for sure, but I think if you can like, Go with the thing that excites you. It might not be the thing that it, that everyone knows about yet, but if you have a lot of like conviction in it and you have um, that kind of you know passion for it, then at the very least you'll get to experience something that really energizes you. Yeah. Um, and at the very best, you'll get to experience something that you were there from the beginning and yeah. it became something that you couldn't even imagine. Absolutely, that's really good advice. Yeah. So. You ended up leaving to go to Geneva. Can you tell me what the decision-making process was like to leave and, and to go take this new job? Yeah. And can you explain a little bit about what Geneva is for people yes. that don't know? Yes. Um, so I left in September 2020 because I had been there for seven years total. Yeah. Um, and it was my only job and the only thing that I had seen from a work experience. And I it was so formative for me. Like. I met some of my best friends in that job. I like came out out of my shell in that job. Yeah. But I was like, I need to experience something new. And by that point, I was like, you know, I kind of feel like I've done what I can do here, and I need yeah. to like do something different. And I got really into, or I got really curious about the world of like community and tech, mm-hmm. um, and just feeling like I had created this Slack in 2015 that like blew up. But it's like Slack is not built for. <laughs> Yeah, girls, groups of girls talking about beauty products, you know, Um, and it was still mind blowing to me that there wasn't an alternative to that aside from Facebook groups. Yeah. Um, And so I got interested in like the community and tech space. And I also felt, to be totally honest, like when I knew I was kind of ready to try something new and I didn't want to go into another beauty company or into another kind of like direct-to-consumer like product company because I felt like, oh, I'll just be doing a different version of what I did before, and I wanted to experience something different. Um, I had gotten connected to the team building Geneva in 2019, like before the company had a name, when they were like, we know you built a community on Slack, like why we're trying to like solve that problem basically. And I was like, this is really cool. I really like this team. Yeah. Like, good luck at the time. Yeah, you were like, have fun. Yeah, like, good luck, good luck with that. Um, and then, you know, the pandemic happened. And mid-2020, I was, I just kind of knew it was my time. Yeah. And I, like, got reconnected kind of at the perfect moment to the team at Geneva. And they're like, we're really getting ready to build. And I was like, you know what? I think this is it. And it, initially, I, I had the thought when I was leaving Glossier that I wanted to go somewhere bigger. I was like looking at Spotify or things like that. Yeah. But then I realized, again, <laughs> for my advice, like I really believed in Geneva. Yeah. Um, and even though it was super small, I was like, you know what? I, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of like trying to make yeah. this happen. So I left and I, I started um, working there that year. Uh, and background on Geneva, for those who don't know it, so we're basically a messaging app, but built for communities and clubs and social groups. So it's kind of like if you're 
like flexible, easy, like WhatsApp or GroupMe had like all of the tools that you want for a community or like a larger social group. So we have built-in events calendars, we have like built-in video chat, like FaceTime, built-in broadcast, like IG Live, and you can have all of those kinds of spaces in your community's home. Um, So it's like gives you all the tools to do kind of whatever you want with your people. Amazing. So can you give a couple of examples? I think I know them, but I want you to tell of like really, really successful communities that y'all have on Geneva. Yeah. So um, I guess I'll give a a couple of examples of like different kinds. So we have like very like normal book club, social group kind of vibes. Like we have girls who are watching, you know, we're watching The Bachelor together, have a home all the way through to like brand ambassador programs, activist communities, like creator, a lot of creator communities. Um, So it kind of runs the gamut. I would say a couple of examples. So one is, um, I think you know Kenzie, Kenzie Elizabeth. She's wonderful. She has an amazing community on Geneva. And she has, what I love so much about the space that she's built is that she has really like made it like a Dallas girls community. So they like meet up and there's like thousands of people in there and now there's girls from everywhere. So she has like rooms for Austin and other cities. Um, So she's made an amazing space and the way that she refers to it, which I really love is like, it's just a big group chat with like all her people, Yeah. um, which is exactly the kind of feel that we want people to have. Like we don't want to be like a really like professional, professional feeling like platform we're literally like a group chat but souped up with more things um so she has an amazing one we have brands have their ambassador programs like rare beauty we love them they have their their ambassadors on geneva and they do some really cool stuff with them um we have an amazing community called CMOS Girlies, which is created Kate. by Kate, yeah, Kate and Emma, who I adore. They're just like They're doing lovely. the coolest stuff in in wellness right now. Um, so in their home, it's like people just like sharing their food pics and like recipes. Aww. It's super cute. Um, and then we have girls who are like really small groups of like thirty people. Um, like a, there's like a BTS fan club like the k-pop oh, group when they like I'm, gonna join and I'm obsessed with them and the founder liz she's an icon and she was like yeah we'll use like an audio room and just like listen to an album together while we work and do and do freaking like cute. so ah i love it so much um so it's a total it's a range and then we have yeah. like activist groups that are like literally like meeting up in person to do um you know, things around the environment or like street harassment. Um, so a, a bunch of really cool, yeah. cool, fun spaces. I love that. I want to do it now. Yeah, you you have to. Well, because I mean, my, I'm going to get you started. Yeah, you have to help me because my Facebook group is great, but it gets lost. Facebook, it, like, it's not made for this, which yeah. is like so great that this even exists yeah. because things get lost and there's like yes. 6,000 people in it. Yes. And if I could do what Kenzie did and like make rooms for each city, then when I'm even visiting the cities, I can pop into the rooms yeah. and chat there. Genius. Dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna help genius. you set yours no, up. No, I need to, I need help. <laughs> but um, I'm curious, how did the pandemic shape slash change this? Because I feel like this is yeah. now more prominent than ever. Like. In the past two years, I know I see from my Facebook group is like my most tangible experience, but like people need roommates, people need friends. Yes. People are moving to new cities for jobs they didn't even know they would ever take in their life because of how the pandemic shaped their situation. How has it changed? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's really blown up this space. Like, I, it's funny to say that, you know, I was, like, interested in the community and tech world in, like, 2019. It's, like, literally blown up because of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing that I see, which is exactly what you said about, like, people are moving to new cities. People need friends. Like, we've lost, like, a lot of the IRL community that we've had as humans just because, like, we a lot of us work from home now and you get out of your house less. Yeah. I mean, we're getting out more, but still um and so people are like craving the ability to like find people who care about the same stuff as them yeah um and i think one of the biggest things that that we've seen which i absolutely love is a lot of communities are being started that are just like local to a city like there's a, a group called london town girlies also obsessed with them so cute and it's like five thousand women in london who are all like young living there and are just like i I need a roommate or is anyone out in this neighborhood right now want to have a drink or we're hosting a picnic um, or who's a creative and it's literally just a way for people to like use online like use the app to actually get offline and like meet people in real life and connect with people IRL that I think is the thing that's been the coolest to see um, coming out of especially in this phase now where we're kind of like everyone's going out into the world still using digital tools to like connect with people in their area that they might not have otherwise you know known I love it yeah okay so this is gonna be a broad one but like what does community mean to you I mean you have so much work experience in this space like what does community and digital community mean to you why does it matter hmm I mean I will say I feel like and I, I don't know I feel like a lot of people feel this right now I feel like community means like everything and nothing yeah. right now. <laughs> like, I find it to be like a little bit of an annoying word which is yeah. ironic given that it is literally in my title and what I do yeah um I think that it means like being able to foster connections amongst people either digitally IRL whatever it may be and I think the biggest piece of that in my opinion that I think is a little bit different from how some people kind of think of it is like I really think that community the truest community is when you're able to like not just bring people to you and like have conversations with them yourself but be the facilitator of connection amongst people around you and so I think you know, when I look at a lot of the communities on Geneva that have done that really beautifully, like CMOS Girlies and Kenzie, it's not just that they're like, they have this audience and then they're bringing them closer to them to have deeper conversations with Kenzie or with Kate. It's that they're like bringing those people together and those people are, a, because they have shared interest or they're like in the same space um, or they just like identify similarly are like now going and meeting up and like they're actually facilitating those connections between people themselves. Um, so I think that's kind of the biggest, the biggest way that I would define it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's so broad and I think at the end of the day, there are so many versions of community in our life. Um, and I, I think right now it gets really bogged down in this idea of like brand communities yeah. and like, um, you know, kind of in that world. But there are so many different ways that I think people are building community right now. So yeah, okay. Well, as the community expert yourself, <sighs> how do you recommend someone start building successful community? Like, what does that look like to you? Hmm. I think that 
I think it all depends on kind of like what you're trying to do, why you're bringing people together. I think some of the most successful communities, in my opinion, come out of people being like, I really wish I had this group of people Mm. to have a conversation with. So I'm going to start it and like find the people who who fit with it. Um, So like an example is... I, we have this incredible um, community on Geneva called Safflet, which is created by this girl Nina, who's in New York. She's a book talker, so she like makes TikToks about books, yeah, um, on like all queer literature. And yeah. she started this queer book club on Geneva, but it's like literally a book club, but it's like four thousand people globally, and so they're like every week, every month they read two books and they like have the author come speak. It's That's so awesome. cool. Um, but she created the book club because she was like bored a couple months ago and was like, I'm making all these TikToks. I like want to talk to people about this. Yeah. Um, and that I think like starting with like just a really honest, authentic intention is really important. Cause if you're not starting from like a place of wanting to be a part of that community yourself, you're going to have a really hard time actually like continuing to keep it alive and continuing to like facilitate it. Um, and then I think the other thing that's really important is like having your niche. Like I actually yeah. think for community being niche is really important to the success like you know Nina's book club has done really well because it's not just like a space about books that anyone can you know talk about whatever they want it's like it's a queer book club with a really specific intent and that has made so many people want to be a part of it for that exact reason and really identify with the people who are there Um, so I think those two things like you know not being afraid to kind of find your niche and like say who this space is really for and then doing it in a, in a way that is authentic to a space that you want to be a part of. Yeah. I think if you can do those things really well, you'll create something that you want to be a part of that you love and that other people love too. I love that. That's amazing. So putting the spotlight on you, <laughs> what does your day look like working yeah. at Geneva? Like what kind of stuff are you working on and doing? Like what are the challenges? What are the things that you're most excited about? Yeah. My day looks like a lot of calls usually because I spend the large majority of my day like talking to people. Yeah. Um, whether it's like existing homeowners, we call them homeowners, like community leaders um, who are hosting an event and, you know, Geneva can support it. Or especially people who are like, I'm getting ready to build a community. How do I get started? You know, want to learn more about Geneva. My day is like, kind of talking to all of those people um and they can be you know a massive company like rare beauty or they can be a person who's like starting a community in their neighborhood like yeah. i kind of i literally talk to everybody um so it's a lot of that and then when i'm not doing that um it's a lot of one like I think it's really important when you're a community person at a company to be the kind of like through line between your people outside of the company and your people inside of the company. Sure. So it's definitely a lot of like communicating back with the team, whether it's a product team or design or just, you know, our CEO, like this is what people care about. This is what they want. This is what we're hearing and seeing because you have your ear to the ground as a community person and like having all of that insight is so invaluable for you to build something that people care about. So definitely a lot of that. And then um, thinking about like, how do we continue to serve our people? So, um, you know, the programs that we create, the events that we host, those are the things that I think about when I'm not talking to people. I love it. (laughs) You're busy. You're putting yourself out there. 
she's um, putting herself out she's there. She's literally putting herself out there. <laughs> so all, if not most, of my listeners tend to be women yeah. um, and followers. And I get a lot of questions all the time about workplace anxieties, whether mm-hmm. that's like speaking up, using your voice, holding position of power, even things like how do I negotiate for a raise? How do I tell my boss I need to leave? Have you felt any pressure in your time working, like in your successes? And like, how have you managed that? I mean, what does that look like for you? I mean, undoubtedly, I felt pressure. I yeah. think, um, you know, I think the biggest thing that has been helpful for me is having mentors who I could really, really rely on. Yeah. Um, and I, the biggest thing that I want now in my work is to like be that for other people. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I remember like negotiating my first raise, I was really, really fortunate to do that with a boss who told me a week before, you're getting a raise and I want you to negotiate. So prepare to negotiate when we have our conversation next week because I want you to feel comfortable doing that. Um, That was like, you know, that was a really fortunate position to have been in because it taught me how to step up for myself. Um, And I, the biggest thing I want, like for my team and for the people that I, you know, work with or who report to me, is to be that person for them. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest thing for, especially when you're like a woman in a workplace, and for me, what I was at Glossier, where you know it was all oh, women. Yeah. <laughs> and I went to a dream a tech company, and I was like, whoa. You were like, wow, there's men. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you guys what? doing here? Um, and honestly. And this is very, I think, unique to me, probably. But it didn't change a ton for me, my mm. um, my experience. And I think that that's because I had been in an environment where I was really um, supported to kind of like speak up for myself. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you're not going to have that environment with the people who are like directly around you, who you work with, and so even having those people outside of the folks that you work with is really incredible. And like, I think that for the most part, when you're like a woman working in this kind of space, if you are like, if someone I knew came to me and was like, hey, I want to negotiate a raise in my job. I know I don't work with you, but like, can we like talk a little bit about it? I would be like, hell yes, girl. Let's set the time. Let's do it on Saturday, whatever you want to do. And I think it's like, I really encourage young women to like, try and find those people who they can like have that kind of relationship yeah. with because it's it can be really invaluable. Yeah, I think it's really good to have like a touch point, like you said, even if they don't even work at the company that you work at, yeah. just somebody that you can look up to. Um, and so you, you touched on like feeling like you could always speak up and use your voice knowing that it never like because I think people are so nervous like if I speak up and use my voice like in a male dominated space like whatever they're gonna fire me knowing that that doesn't happen to you yeah because you literally went from all women like all female to like a very different sort of situation and you you held the same thing and and no one bat an eye how do you recommend people just get brave enough to like speak up in in male dominated offices in meetings all that stuff yeah I think and this is I think you have to fake it till you make it with this I really do like i I think there's nothing wrong with faking it till you make oh, it because no. that is like sometimes just the way that life is. Yeah. Um, I think that recognizing that your perspective is like essential in yeah. that room um, and not just in because it's you, right? Because like you're an individual who comes with your own perspective, but also because especially if you're in a room and you're the only woman, like yeah. 
they need to want your opinion. Yeah, <laughs> like they need they to want to know what you are thinking. Yeah. Um, and you have to have the mentality of like, y'all should want to know what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, and that is such a fake it till you make it feeling. Um, but I, I, I actually did that myself, even in, you know, my new job where it was like, everyone was totally excited to hear my opinion, but I'm like, oh, do I speak up? Like, yeah. how do I? And I kind of had to like give myself that mentality. And as soon as I did it, it allowed me to break down those walls so much. Um, so I kind of think it's a little bit of a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, and then also, and you know, especially if you're new in your career, um, if you do have that one person, like I, I tell people on my team this all the time, if you're nervous to speak up in that room full of, you know, execs or men or whatever it is, um, if you have that one person, like just go to them and be like, hey, I like have a couple of ideas or thoughts before we go into this meeting. Can I just like tell you them? Yeah. And you can like kind of tell me if they're making sense. Even if like you know your ideas make sense, but you just want to like have someone to kind of like, like bounce them board. off of. Um, so I tell my team that all the time. Like if you don't want to share something in a super public channel, just like right away, send it to me first. And like, yeah. you know, know that someone sees it and is like, that looks awesome. Yeah. And then feel that confidence that you need to, you know, share it more publicly. Um, but but yeah, I think it's all about kind of like finding your people that you can, even if it's just one person, that you can really kind of like trust in and rely on and, you know, faking it till you make it. Yeah, that's so, that's such great advice. <laughs> we need more bosses like you out there. I wish it were not fake it till you make it, but sometimes, like, sometimes it just life, has to be. I know? say that all the time. Sometimes it's it just, just has life. to be. So I have like a very weird, but also I think fitting question for you. Cause a lot of people also ask me about this and I'm curious to hear your perspective as like such a powerful woman in the workforce. What does the term girl boss mean to you? Oh does goodness. it bother you? I mean, it bothers me. So <laughs> I'd love to hear your take. Why do you think, why is it bothersome? Why is it not bothersome? What's the vibe? <laughs> um, I don't know what it means. Yeah. To be honest, I don't know. I, I d it doesn't bother me because I'm like, okay, I, I yeah. don't self-identify. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm not a girl boss. <laughs> like, like my friends... And I kind of make fun of it sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I'll like talk to girls who are like, oof, girl blasting too close to the sun, which I think is hilarious. That's so funny. It's yeah. really funny. The memes about it are funny. <laughs> I think they're I think it's hilarious. So like even just for that, I'm like, cool. Yeah. Amazing culture. Um yeah, I mean it doesn't bother me. I think, you know, I don't know. I think you just I think you just work your ass off as a yeah. person and do your keep your head down and do your shit and be nice to people and maybe eventually you'll be in a place where people call you a girl boss. But I feel like that that phrase is just like kind of dying out. And like what does it mean? It's like nobody knows what it means. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, so I don't know. I don't have any strong feelings about it, but I don't know what it means. Yeah, like I have no clue what that means. <laughs> Good that we're on the same page. Um, okay, so you're currently at this new newer job for yeah. you. What is like your goals, your aspirations? You see yeah. yourself here for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I feel really, really lucky to now have been in two places where yeah. I really believe in the company. And I think the biggest thing that I feel in terms of the future and the future of community generally is like, one, I think that like the future of community and honestly, the future of online is going to be built by 
what we, you know people who we call creators yeah. today. But I think that that term will probably start to die out, die out a little bit in the way it is today because yeah. everyone's kind of a creator. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's going to be some really really cool new kinds of spaces on the internet created by people, you know, created by people like Kenzie and Kate and Nina from Safflet. Like I think that those spaces are are the future of what community looks like more yeah. than, you know, anything else in terms of like the really corporate stuff. Um, and so for me, I want to keep like working on and facilitating that um, and facilitating that future. And in particular, facilitating that future for the people who I believe are building like the positive version of that future, yeah. um, whether it's about mental health or wellness or queer book clubs or, um, you know, any or activism, environmentalism, like there are so many young people, especially young women and young women of color who are um, building the coolest shit on the internet. Yeah. And I want to continue to like make sure that they have all of the resources to blow those things up into the incredible spaces that they can become. I love it. That's amazing. You're doing amazing work. <laughs> um, okay. So now that we know everything about you as like a professional. <laughs> Whenever I interview someone, I like to ask like three fun questions to yeah. get to know them as a person. So firstly, do you know what your Zodiac big three are? Do you like yes, astrology? Yes, ma'am. I, well, I have my Taurus tattoos. So. Oh, I love it. Okay. That's <laughs> why we college. get along because I'm in cancer. Oh, you are? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So Taurus sun, Virgo moon, Scorpio rising. Oh my God. Scorpio rising. There's a song called Scorpio rising. Have you heard it? No. Look up the song Scorpio Rising. I forget who it's by. I had a absolute breakdown because my mom told me the wrong time of birth. Me So I lived my life thinking I was a Scorpio Rising only to find out I am a, wait for it, Sagittarius. (laughs) Like it it goes from like something so cool to like a fucking disaster. I'm like, what? That's so funny because my mom also did the same thing. And so I thought I was a Gemini Rising. Yeah. Which is also cool. Which is like, I feel like both of them are kind of intense, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was like, you were born at 8.08 a.m. And it turns out p.m. No. I'm like, She's like that girl, really we got to get it together, babe. Whole life. <laughs> like, not speaking to her for two days. I love it. Um, yeah, you're like block, blocking my mom. <laughs> Wait, what are your big three? I'm Cancer Sun, Cancer Moon, Sag oh, wow. Rising. Oh, wow. And then the rest of my big six is Cancer Venus, Cancer Mars, Leo Mercury. So oh, a lot of Cancer, a lot I of water. I love that. It's very, it's like a blessing and a curse. Yeah. I feel like I am very malleable, which yeah. can be good and bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's cancer is like a beautiful sign, though. I, I like love very too. supportive, like very nurturing people. Yeah. So. Emotional, over emotional. Um, <laughs> okay, what is your like fast food of choice? Like, if you're just having a bad day and you need like comfort, what oh is God. what do you get? Oh my God, what a great question. This is everyone who knows me knows this is a question that I love. Um, first of all, I love hot dogs. Oh, love. boo, tomato, tomato. Yeah, no, I, I love, love them. hot dogs. <laughs> They're good. <laughs> everyone is either like very pro or very anti. I, don't I feel like there's not a lot of people. Anti. I know. I just I can't with you're that. In the summer, eating a hot dog, there's nothing fucking better. I know. So um, I don't know anywhere, but honestly weird hot dogs are not really a fast food item yeah no so i mean they have them at shake shack but like they used to have better versions of the hot dogs at shake shack they had like stuff on them and now they just have a regular version yeah. shake shack if you're listening hey please. shake shack step it up <laughs> bring back the chicago dog <laughs> anyway um fast food of choice other than that i don't know i like chicken nuggets a lot yeah <laughs> so like anywhere i can get a chicken nugget I feel like if i can get a chicken anywhere nugget. i can get a biscuit 
Yes. Like I like the items more than I care about the places. Yeah. Although like, you know, Popeyes over chicken. KFC. Okay, I was going to say Popeyes or KFC. Yeah, definitely not KFC. Yeah. Um, definitely Popeyes girl. Definitely a McDonald's. Like I'm kind of like a classics person. McDonald's is it. Yeah. Like I'm not, I, I'm not an in and out girl. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm not I, really into it. Yeah. Hottest take. Like I had only been to California one time, but I went to Texas a few times because yeah. my boyfriend's from there. And I had it really, really drunk. And it was good when I was really, really drunk. But I don't know if I could soberly like enjoy be enjoying it. Yeah. And also, I don't think the fries there are very good. I find them to be like quite, mm, they just don't do it for me. Yeah. I like my fries to be a little bit like not soggy, but like a little overly oily. And I feel like their fries are a little bit overly hard. hard. Yeah. McDonald's fries. McDonald's all fries all the, the time. It like stains the bag. Yeah. Oil, You're like, like oh, that's, that's good. Like, no, it's good. <laughs> okay. Your last one. Celebrity crush, like number one person. Like if you could oh, hook up man. or meet the celebrity, like you would do it. Oh man, I was just telling my friend that I wish I had more, like I wish I really had a celebrity crush. Ugh. Okay. Do you have like somebody that you would love to meet? It doesn't have to be a crush. Um, I mean, Rihanna. Ugh. Like I, I think that I have a crush on Rihanna. I, um, no, I have a crush on her and ASAP Rocky yeah. together. <laughs> yeah. I saw him at GovBall, and I was like, I think he's the hottest person yeah, I ever laid my awesome eyes on. Life. And she was there too, and I was and like, the skin is just like, I'm like, what is the routine? What, I, is, what routine? is his skincare routine? It's crazy. Is he using Fenty? Like, I need to know. <laughs> to know. He probably is. Um, that baby or babies? I heard they were twins. You heard there's twins? I don't know. I heard a rumor that they're twins. I mean. She does look like she's about to pop. Yeah, she looks good. Good. The fact that she's rewriting what it is to be pregnant, like yeah. she just completely reversed the book. We could totally do an episode on that. We should. Because <laughs> it's like fucking crazy. I'm 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 obsessed with her. And everyone complains about, oh, we need more music. I'm like, have you tried the makeup? Like you don't get it. It's the <laughs> right. best makeup in the world. Have you tried the lingerie? Have right. you just bought it? No. Right. Then don't talk about we need more music. Do you music. have Fenty sunglasses? Like, do you? yeah. Do, do you? you? Have you tried it? Because the quality out of control <laughs> the best like it's just the best stuff she's amazing yeah, like i feel obsessed. like yeah she's just wonderful i can't wait to see these babies be born same i'm jealous of them same dude i know um yeah so her and then i don't know the uh, only other person that comes to mind is i just watched season two of bridgerton have okay, you seen yeah, that yeah and the guy the main guy is super hot yeah so i don't know maybe him yeah Okay. It's been on my mind. And then last one, what is like your guilty pleasure thing? It could be literally anything, like a TV show, mm. something that you like to do that's just like, I'm going to relax right now. No one talk to me. Like, what is the guilty pleasure? It is definitely old episodes of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, my God. I love. Yeah. Do you have a, a favorite Real percent. Housewife? Nini, Nini okay. Leaks. Yeah. She's the best Real Housewife in Housewives Icon. history. <laughs> no, sometimes reality TV really just like does it comfort does. me. Yeah, it does like for you. people are. I saw a TikTok that was like, I will be keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah. Like, do I like them? Am I an I apologist? Know. No, but I'm keeping up. And I was like, it kind of, it kind of is the can't thing that you put it. on in the background, and you're just watching, and you can't look away. I know. It's like, I'm not condoning any of this behavior, but I'm keeping up. <laughs> I know, a thousand percent. For whatever it's just what it, it just is what it is. You know, we're yeah, one step at a time. Literally. Well, okay, well, I need to get on Geneva. So, like, we're going to move this off the pod for that, firstly. And secondly, can you tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find Geneva, all the good stuff? Yes. So, um, Geneva is just at Geneva, G-N-E-V-A, on, like, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, um, and Geneva.com. And then I am at 
Kim Johnson dot underscore. I have a common name, you guys. So that's my Instagram. Um, and then if anyone is like interested in Geneva, you can definitely DM me. But also I'm just Kim at Geneva.com. And I always tell people my email because it's really easy. And if you want to email me about Geneva things, you totally can. Yay. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. We're about me. to have a long relationship of me building a community. Yeah. <laughs> Geneva. <laughs> Thanks for Only listening, guys. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.